Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, Stephanie. Hey, hon. Now, we've got a great topic today, as we always do. And I think I've titled this podcast, Your Perception is Not My Reality. Love it. And it could be the vice versa of that, right? It could be my perception is not your reality or your perception is not my reality. It kind of goes back and forth that way. Point is this, it's all about perception versus reality and understanding that we see time and again where perception breaks down communication or communication lack of breaks down perception and shifts it and causes all sorts of angst and challenges with relationships, partnerships, and even mentally and emotionally how we look at things because we're into a story based on our perception when actually that isn't true. It's not the reality. So we're going to dig into that today. What do you think of that? Well, even if our reality is what we're defending and we're going into situations trying to defend our reality and our perception of other people's reality isn't matching. So we're then diving into something we call expectations and assumptions, which is really, we all know what assume means, right? But when you have expectations and assumptions on top of demanding that people are living into your reality, that's where we're really getting in trouble. I'm finding it a lot more heightened in the last couple of years where people are demanding that you were seeing and living into each other's reality when the truth is that's actually not the case. Beautiful. And before we unpack this any further, a reminder that if you're listening to this on audio, then head on over to YouTube if you want to watch and listen to this on our YouTube channel, The Everyday Millionaire. And in that is the Mindset Matters podcast. And let's make a quick announcement. Oh, when you get over there, by the way, remember to like, to share, to subscribe, to comment. Let's grow this community together. And that can be done really well through your comments and interaction. We will respond to your comments, so make sure you do. Okay. Then an announcement. So in the link below, you're going to see we are, in fact, going to launch our shift program in September. Dates to be determined, but at this point, it will be the third Thursday is when we'll kick it off in September based on registration. So if you're interested, go to the link below and click on the shift link. It'll tell you all about that program that we're going to launch. We're excited about it. Setting honest intentions for transformation and shift thinking is what we're going to be doing. So those are the two announcements. Okay, enough of that. Let's move on with this topic of perception and reality. So let's start by giving a couple of examples. You know, and we were talking earlier when we decided that this is the direction we wanted to go. We start to realize that You know, we often refer to the pandemic over these past three years because it really has been pretty epic over three years now of the shifts, the change, the polarization, the divisiveness, the breakdowns in relationship. And often those breakdowns are caused by a perception that 
is really created, that perception is created because of the lack of communication or the breakdown in communication. Now, let's just give a couple of examples as we uh, uh, warm up you know, into this conversation and start to unpack it and get a little bit deeper. And I loved the quick story that you shared about perception and reality around something as simple as parking. So why don't you go ahead, share that parking story, because I think it's a great warm up. Yeah, there's actually two vehicle stories. The parking story was I was running into the grocery store just to pick up a few groceries and the grocery store was packed. So it was that time of day where people are going maybe after work or something and I'm whipping into the parking lot. I've got one of our smaller vehicles and I find a parking stall finally and all the cars are kind of parked willy nilly on an angle and on this, you know, basically all squished in together. So I park the car and I squeeze out of the vehicle, shut the door, run into the grocery store took a little longer than I thought, which is fine, but it didn't occur to me that it was going to be an issue. So by the time I get out of the grocery store, wander back to my vehicle, I get there and there's some space on either side or whatever. So I start packing the trunk and with my groceries and I look on my windshield and there's a note and I'm thinking, oh, I love note from somebody or maybe it's a ticket. I don't know. So I picked it up and I start reading it and I was blown away by the tone of this note. It was you stupid idiot. How dare you park in the straddling a line, taking up two parking stalls when obviously you can see how crowded the parking lot is or something. But it, I mean, that's the nice version. Well, they threw, Yeah. And they threw in there just because you drive a BMW doesn't mean you have the right to take up two stalls. That's exactly right. And that's how that's how it ended. And I'm, I'm gobsmacked thinking and I'm looking around going, what on earth, you know, what reality is this person living into? So anyway, I go to get in the car, pack my vehicles, and this woman comes whipping over. And I guess she's going to really reiterate what an idiot I am. So she goes on this tirade about how dare I just because I drive an expensive car or whatever. And she and I looked at her and I said, you know, when I arrived here, it was packed. Cars were parked on the angle. At that point, I had no idea I was straddling the yellow line, taking up two stalls. The only way that I realized that is when the other cars left and I saw where my car was sitting. So that's what your reality became. But the truth is that was the reality when I parked. So I chose to park where I could park, thinking I was just going to be a few minutes. So I didn't go into this big, long diatribe. But eventually she apologized. And I think what it really taught me was that when we're judging a situation or a scenario that we think that other people are idiots or they're stupid drivers or women drivers or whatever, is that we never, ever, 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 five times, and I learned this from a very big hockey mentor of mine, know what's going on for other people. Or we don't even know what happened five minutes ago, why this idiot chose to park on top of the line and taking up two stalls. She did end up apologizing. I don't know what lesson she got out of it, but the lesson I got out of it is that we never know and when we judge or use that energy or that anger, it's a huge energy leak in our own lives. And the truth is, I was wondering what she was really, really angry at. Well, it's interesting that you share that story because since that time, and that was a few years ago now, when I pull into a parking lot and I see some idiot taking two stalls, I step back from it and I really say to myself, well, there's an assumption that, you know, you're driving a big truck, so you take two stalls because you need to, and or that, you know, when you pulled into that stall, it was because of the way the other vehicles were parked, and that was the only space available to you at the time, and that was all just because of the things that had happened that led up to all of these other vehicles that were misaligned with these assigned parking stalls. So that was uh, something that has taken the edge off me when I get into that same jive or jab, I guess, or whatever, what's the word? I don't know. Uh, 
when I get into that space where I'm angry about somebody, how somebody parked, especially when parking is tight. Anyways, so the next story that you shared, which I think is another good one, this goes back to the divisiveness and the polarity that was being kind of felt and was happening through the uh, pandemic when actually everybody was being said, don't cross the provincial borders. And there was... Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time in British Columbia as well as Alberta. We're back and forth. And in British Columbia, it seems that quite a different attitude, really, than what was happening in Alberta at the time. So anyways, you had brought a vehicle, one of our vehicles, we were in Alberta, you brought one of the one of our vehicles back to British Columbia, it happened to be in BC at the time. And I, I, I think the story is that you walked out and there was a couple guys hanging around your vehicle that really wanted to have a word with you. So give us a little bit of update on that. Yeah, we had just brought um, one of our vehicles back. So it still had the Alberta plates. And because we're 50-50, basically, we have vehicles that go back and forth to BC all the time to, to respect whatever insurance, etc. We're, we're rule followers on that regard. But the mainstream media at the time was really telling people to vilify other people from other provinces, even from the U.S., we had the same situation coming from, you know, people seeing people from Alaska or Washington. My story was that I was again, whipped out to wherever London drugs to pick up a few things and came back to the vehicle. And there was two quite burly, obviously burly men standing by in the back of the truck waiting for me. And there I went to go. I, I didn't think they were ready to talk to me. And uh, sure enough, they were one of them came up to me and said, listen, you stupid B, get the F back to Alberta. You're ruining what's going on here. You're bringing the virus across the mountains. And he went like on and on and on. And I'm first of all, I didn't understand what he was talking about because we don't watch the mainstream media. And we, at that point, we hadn't been able to go back to back and forth to Alberta as much. So the, the truck didn't, it was an Alberta truck. So, but in this point, we're living in BC, you know, so there was no consideration just because I had a license plate from another province didn't give him license to rip, a, you know, to, to tear a strip off of me. So in that regard, what I got to was, his perception and my reality were completely different. And I didn't have a need to defend myself because I've learned a lot from you over the years is that especially with with the, the male-female thing and people that were so fired up and upset and angry and scared that had I basically engaged with these guys, I probably would have gotten myself in trouble because they were obviously believing what the mainstream media was telling that, you know, viruses cross borders in vehicles with Alberta plates. So whatever their story was, it really scared me. So as we started to really look into what was going on in these conversations and narratives that were being pushed by the mainstream media, I was having firsthand experience with that level of uh, anger and that level of discord and that level of how perception can be controlled to force people to shift into a reality that maybe is not grounded in truth. So that's those are two great stories that I wanted to spend a little bit of time on because when we start to understand perception versus reality, when we make assumptions and or we have assumptions and unstated expectations, then our perceptions can change. And that can come from the other side as well. So this was a breakdown of communication. So in the case of perceptions and realities. We think about what is the story even with our significant others, perhaps our business partners, perhaps our career, our job teams or a team we manage, is that are we really clear in terms of our communication so that we check in every so often? Now, 
you know, we have lots of stories around perception versus reality and our own experience. And I have to say that as clear as we are, we still run into the problem with our own teams, with our own partnerships that we go, holy cow, that's not what I was trying to say. That is not, was never my intention behind the conversation that we are having yet that's how somebody interpreted it. And so they have a different perception of the story or the information that we're, we're sharing. So, you know, the breakdown is around unexpressed intentions or unexpressed expectations as well. So we go into a meeting, we come out of a meeting, and everybody thinks it's all copacetic. We're all on the same page when in reality, the filters are we're hearing these conversations through a set of filters that may not be. So what does that mean? So how do we fix that problem? How do we actually try and avoid it? Well, it's very, very hard to avoid, first off, is what I want to say to that. Secondly, it has to be very intentional. So in other words, and we've seen this, uh, Stephanie, in, in long-term relationships where we operate on top of just getting into a groove and these relationships can be very long. I mean, I'm talking years of relationships and partnerships in business or other friendships even. And there's misunderstandings that start to show up in specific circumstances. And you realize that everybody or the partnership or the relationship has been operating on top of two different perceptions of the reality of what the relationship is and what it's about, what the partnership is and what it's all about. Now, I'll give you, I'll, and I'll kick the, you know, I'll, you know, I'll kick the can over to you, if you will, to kind of pick up on that because you've had a couple of experiences and that was part, and so have I, by the way. So that's what's actually driving this perceptions versus reality conversation because it needs to be cleaned up. It has to be very intentional. It has to be very clear. So you go ahead, maybe share a little bit of your recent experience that might be helpful. Sure. I think what you're saying also needs to be grounded in my first presupposition. And one of the very first things I learned when I was doing my performance psychology training is that the presupposition in communication is everybody is doing the very best they can. So any conversation I enter, and I really work hard at communication because I'm not a natural communicator. I'm a natural introvert. So as much as I love to talk and I am very intuitive, I don't have a natural way of of um, expressing myself without being very mindful and intentional. So there's times I have to slow down and go, okay, let me just be mindful because I want this to come across the way that it's intended. So I'll actually stop myself from talking. I've seen you do this over the years and it really creates that, that connection where, okay, what I'm going to say really matters and what I'm going to say is what I mean. But I find sometimes that even that can be misinterpreted because it also shows up and it can show up for other people as being aggressive or assertive or it can, uh, controlling or it can show up for other people based on their experiences, their values and what's going on. So to circle back to what you were saying about my recent experiences, what I've realized, and it's funny that all of these are my stories right now, it feels like I should be doing a <laughs> solo podcast, sorry, Anne, is that as much as I try to communicate in, in my values and assume that everybody is doing the best they can, when we're in communication with people that we care about long-term relationships and we do set that comfort zone and we, got, we do get to a place of familiarity, what happens is that when people's life situation changes, let's say somebody has a baby or somebody is uh, moving on to, you know, a business is growing or, or things in life are changing and people are having to look at what, you know, we've gone through in the last couple of years. People are having to really look at what matters in their life and in their business and does it align. 
So when external things would happen to change a situation and we don't shift how we perceive the reality, then that's where we get in trouble. So over the last couple of years, I've had some business partners and relationships that I absolutely love and adore. I have decades of investment of friendship, business and love. And sometimes those entanglements can get you in trouble. But I work really hard at trying to keep them in their own swim lanes. Um, sometimes it's difficult um, just because of the nature of the business, whether it's the, sport, the performance psychology side, whether it's sport. Sport is very emotionally driven. And what I've been trying to do over the years is myself and also to, to work with my partners and other people in businesses that I'm helping to build is that to treat your sport business as a business. And that in itself is very weird. It's not normal because with coaches, they are usually selling their time by the hour and they they get very connected and committed to my clients or my player or my skater. And it becomes part of the identity. So what I've committed to over the years is say, okay, how do we step back and treat it like a business? So I go into that every time with that presupposition. In the last couple of years, it's bit me in the butt because I was operating with that and that with that level of commitment, thinking the people around me were still in the same situation or they were having the same reality. So in one situation, um, I had a, a business partner who actually uh, left the business completely. She was about to become a full partner, couldn't see where it was going. The pandemic had given her and her husband a way different view of the world, which changed their values, which unfortunately wasn't communicated to me. So I was operating on top of the old rules, the old values and the old commitment, trying to make the business work, thinking we are aligned. So that's where I was wrong. I had the expectation that we were still moving together in the same direction. So when that blew up, there was a fallout because not only do we lose the business context and relationship that had been built around her and myself and our and, and the synergy between us, it also had a ripple effect with the other members of the team and the other members of the, the staff. So for the last couple of years, my reality has shifted and the perception of my business hasn't. So I'm having to create an illusion that the business, well, it's not really an illusion, but the business is still operating the exact same way with still changing and shifting the values into a new reality. So I don't like using the term new normal because to me, it's like the word safe. It's, it's been completely hijacked. But a new reality allows the perception and the communication to elevate if we allow it. The second example was, again, decades old relationships operating across time zones and across mountains with a, a very clear and powerful intent is to only teach and treat people like champions, to treat people like professionals, and to help them elevate their performance so that they can always win, but not just in this area of sport, but in all areas of their life. So that's the presupposition I was operating on top of. And over the years with my partners, some of those things have changed. So what we're going through right now is a realignment conversation and a realignment, which is very difficult. I find it difficult because in the interim, we've stepped over very important conversations that I see now, or I've stepped over and didn't notice what was going on for my partners. And that's where I had to take full responsibility in both scenarios, where where was I pretending not to know that things were not only changing for me and in our industry, but things were drastically changing for my partners. And how I was occurring, because I was still operating on top of those old assumptions, is I was occurring as aggressive. I was occurring as not caring. I was occurring as someone that wasn't paying attention to what was going on and the changes. And that came back to me as such a shock, because that's not how I operate. And anyone that knows me and works with me knows that 
basically, I come from my heart space, my intuition first. I don't come from a money-driven or or intellectually-based conversation. So I'm having two conversations. One is money and intellectual and growing the business. And the other one is how do we emotionally, intuitively, and, and uh, energetically keep moving through all the bullshit of the world right now and still stay together. So long story short, two scenarios where I needed to take full responsibility for where I wasn't paying attention to the shift in reality of the other people around me and maybe not paying attention as much as what was important to us in that time as well. Yeah, I think you make some great, great points. And those are great stories and great examples. You know, first and foremost, in spite of the degree of training that we have, we do have a lot going on. And, you know, these things unfold the way they do for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is that first and foremost, it's not an event. It is shifting trajectory for what's happening in business. So in other words, these are little pieces. These are little pebbles in the shoe, if you will, that are ignored and or stepped over because I don't want to deal with it right now. I'm too busy. So it seems minor. You ignore it and or you forget about it or you go, I'll talk to them about that later. And then the next thing you know, a week passes and time passes and you forget about it. But the thing is, is that trajectory continues to change. Here's the point of all of this, I think, is that, and often, by the way, I don't want to miss another point, is that sometimes it's ignored at the time because it feels like to address the issue would maybe be confrontational and people don't want to be confrontational. Historically, everybody kind of backs away or, or it's common, I should say, not historically, but it's common to back away from those difficult conversations as opposed to saying, how can I have this difficult conversation without it sounding confrontational. Now, what I've learned to do, and I'm not necessarily great at it, by the way, so keep in mind that when Stephanie and I are sharing these stories, we're actually sharing our own experience and and some of the work that we do that we actually train. And that is, is that in the case of a a confrontational, rather than having a confrontational conversation, you know, there's a couple of phrases. One is, I like to use the term, I'd invite you to consider. So when I'm having a conversation with somebody and it shows up for me as odd or out of whack, or maybe even it pisses me off a little bit, I'll use one of the phrases that I often use, which is, you know, I just invite you to consider that what you just said lands for me as whatever it lands for me as. It's a way to say, I'm taking responsibility for what you said, but I'm going to invite you to consider that how you said it lands for me this way. And I can say why it landed for me that way. It's just taking that sharp edge off, pushing back and going, well, what the fuck did you just say? Like, I don't even believe you said that. Like, how could you say that? And there's a lot of emotionality uh, wrapped into those confrontational conversations because at that point it becomes confrontational. So first off, that's one way to address it. It's just like, and I'm just using an example as language that has become familiar for me that I use quite often because it is a way to approach a difficult conversation. Secondly, is that when you're catching up on a conversation. In other words, this happened two weeks ago. This happened a week ago. You've had time to think about it. You step back from the emotionality of it. Now you can sit back and you can say, okay, I need to have a conversation with you. And it's so uncomfortable for me, but I just don't see how we can avoid having this conversation. So respectfully, just know that I'm not meaning it to be confrontational, but it's important to have the conversation. So let me get through the kind of the sticky parts of it so that we can put it all on the table, have the conversation and get some of these things resolved. Now, that's a way different approach to in the moment, emotionally charged attack somebody or come at somebody or get angry with somebody or, you know, whatever, you know, burst out in tears, whatever it might be. The point is, is that we have to think about how we do that. Now, that's a part of communication because their perception 
is not your reality and vice versa. And so we don't know what their perception is until we ask, until we ask investigative questions, if you will. And I think that's an important part of it. And I want to say here, I mean, you and I bump into this, is that you've got a lot going on. I've got a lot going on. You've got fires that you're fighting. I've got fires that I'm fighting. I'm moving logistics and people, and you're doing the same. And we got out of province businesses and out of city businesses. Like we, sometimes it's like, I can't keep up. And my perception of how you're addressing or dealing with issues can be totally out of whack with how you see it. So then it is about communication. Now, as a couple that are in business and businesses together and apart, uh, it's really important to see that that can happen even with careers. Long-winded and point being is that as couples, we also need to stop and have a conversation to put in the correction so that the trajectory doesn't go away and we're operating on top of something for two, three weeks and then it comes out sideways and blows up. Now, I gave you some context and was meaning to you know, pitch you a couple of softballs that you could maybe take on. And I want to add one more thing. I'm still going on. I'm, I'm going to add one more thing. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. You're good. You're on a roll. I think this is important. And that is, is that even when we talk about launching our shift program in September, one of the things that around what we do a shift is the work that gives you the tools to actually have these conversations. And a lot of that is just because we're, we're guiding you and helping you get to really your truest self, that level of authenticity that you can have these conversations in a powerful way, number one. Number two, with even with entrepreneurial think tank or investor think tank that we did, it was really about how do you create a team? How do you create the structure for your investor focused or your business that is based on clear communication, managing expectations, uh, stating expectations, uh, making sure your intentions are clear and aligned with the rest of the team. By the way, none of this comes naturally and none of it is easy per se. It is really about creating a culture and an environment within your team that it becomes the norm. And that way it doesn't show up as this like, oh gosh, he's pissed off or the boss is pissed off or whatever the case may be. It really is about culture, environment, community within your own circumstances, your own business, perhaps your career, your job. So again, I wanted to just kind of put that in there. It is intentional. It does take some, I guess, practice as well and some real thoughtfulness so that you're rolling it out in a, in a productive way that actually lights everybody up around you. Because communicating at that level is way more fun than going back and forth to an office or meetings, operating on top of un- stated expectations or not knowing exactly what the intention is and perception is reality. So how do we clear those perceptions up? Wow. There's a lot there. And I really think we probably can expand this into a second podcast because one of the things that came up for me when you were talking is that we building environments and culture and we talk about culture and environment as if it's something outside of us. I had a client not long ago, a business client talking about a toxic environment the office is a toxic environment, toxic, toxic. And I'm, I'm hearing these buzz, buzzwords and I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it'll be coming from this whole uh, narrative that's coming out through um, everything that's happening right now that's created all this divisiveness and supposed to be around inclusivity. But the truth is it's an inversion. It's actually creating exclusivity or exclusive ways of being with each other. And I was able to talk to her around what a toxic environment was. And I asked her underneath that, because where she was going was that it had something to do with the, the actual physical environment. I said, truly, and I didn't, I won't use her name, but I said, there are no toxic environments. There are only toxic communications and toxic communications. If you look underneath that, 
is an unexpressed expectation or an avoidance or a blind spot of having a conversation that needs to be had so that people are on the same page. People from different backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, language barriers can all create and we can all exist and coexist. But when we're demanding from each other to be heard and understood before we're trying to understand a situation, to me, that's where the toxicity lives. There are no toxic environments because when all those people leave and go home at night, the environment's exactly the same. The desks are stale, the computers are there, the lights are out, the garbage maybe, you know, needs to be taken out. The environment itself isn't toxic. What's happening is we're not taking the time to flesh out the unexpressed assumptions, the expectations that are coming forward, not checking in on people's reality and understanding that the alignment of our perception is changing. Has the goal changed? Has the mission of the business changed? Has the commitment or connection of the couple in a relationship shifted because of some of these external narratives that are going on right now? That to me is where perception and my perception and your reality If we don't have that conversation, especially now, we're going to be moving into a new era, which is one of the podcasts we had before. And I think that's going to be a really important conversation going forward is that what baggage and what blind spots are we bringing into a new relationship, into a new era, into a new context of a business, for example, that's not operating on top of old rules, old standards, old things that we need to let go of. We need to dump some of that baggage. It's not going to go forward in the into a new powerful future if we're going to keep dragging stuff forward that hasn't worked, especially now that the rules have all changed. Beautiful. Well, listen, I want to end on that. Here's the thing about it is that this takes kind of focused effort, conscious thought, mindfulness, thoughtfulness to actually embrace some of these conversations. And if you're still with us at this part of the podcast. If you're interested in doing this body of work, that is why we're relaunching the shift program in September. You've got time to prepare. And if you go to the link in the description and the show notes, uh, you'll see, and you can go to the page, get the information about it, and then consider uh, getting the information that you need. Reach out. It's going to be a very small group. We keep this, the group small that we have one-on-one almost. Oh, we actually do. We'll also include one-on-one conversations because as we go into the shifting world, make no mistake, that is a shifting world. And I know that many feel it, they see it. And if you really want to take it on and take those stands and really understand why you're taking a stand, how you want to show up in this ever-changing world, it's a perfect program to uh, get involved in. Stephanie, I look forward to meeting you and to having these conversations. And uh, Stephanie, any last words before we move on? Well, I guess just going, coming back from Spain, I was at a beautiful wedding in Spain this past week and just really got to slow down, look at the environment that that I've been involved in creating and knowing that Patrick and I have created this program called Shift and these Mindset Matters podcasts now that we're on YouTube. Everything seems to be falling into place. And it was actually just recently, as we said, yes, we're going to do Shift 3. And it's going to be similar to the Shift 1 and 2 but now how far we've come because we've changed and grown and and learned more that shift three will be grounded in the same setting honest intentions for transformation, but the content, that's the context, but the content has also evolved. So even if you've done shift before or you're a big fan or not so big a fan of Mindset Matters, please join us because I think there's going to be the commitment that Patrick and I have made 
just recently is to do this program, take it to another level and to continue to build a community of people of like mind that are going to then go out into their worlds and shift conversations, not from a big bang scenario and aggressive and assertive or whatever, but really in being in mindful conversations with the people that they care about so that they can then support the shifting times that we're in right now. Beautiful. Great conversation today and really love the topic perception versus reality. You know, your or my my reality is not your perception and vice versa. I've already forgot the title. Uh, so many layers to this conversation. Thanks, Stephanie. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.